we can, I think, go through things a little more generally today. Um, and uh, I think some of it will probably relate a little more to both in terms of um, just one of the things I'm, I'm hoping to ask is um, you, you mentioned kind of just some of these strategies that you guys have been working on to address the cold. Um, and I'm just curious if you can kind of talk about what some of the challenges were today and, and whether that was one of them. Yeah, today was definitely a cold day, and particularly for the women who raced second. Uh, it was on our thermometer minus 17 centigrade, so uh, it was it was close enough to where the fists walked down to the low point on the course and took a temperature 30 minutes before the race and uh, then gave us the green light. So we were happy for that, and as soon as the race started, it kind of felt like the right decision that the temp had been dropping steadily since noon and then sort of plateaued or leveled off and before it i think probably starting to drop again um but we got off the race and it didn't seem like cold was a huge problem for anybody i think athletes here and there felt some breathing issues but i didn't see any frostbite out there i didn't see anybody who was just um keeled over in the start finish area because of cold hands or toes Awesome. And um, in terms of, of skis and, and how that side of things went today? Uh, I think the skis and that whole practice of waxing and selecting the right pair, working with your new technician, perhaps for the first or second time, uh, certainly of the season, but maybe of your life um, for some of these new skiers. I think that all went really well. Um, we have a new wax technician named Björn Heimdahl. He's from uh, Bardafoss. Norway, um, which is quite far north, and he came highly recommended by several Norwegians, and he told us the other day that he thinks we have the happiest team, and so, <laughs> or he said he's happiest athletes, actually didn't make a comment about the staff, so <laughs> just, jury's still out on that. Awesome. Um, can you talk a little bit about just how things went for um, both the men and the women today, um, in terms of, I'm not sure if you've had time to debrief with any of the athletes yet but um yeah just uh thoughts that you've been hearing from from the, the athletes on on how they uh how things went for them today yeah i think um first of all the expectations for today are generally um kind of process based get in the first hard distance effort of the season at least in this time zone um and it's pretty rare that at the team we would lock together uh a bunch of great results it's, it's often that we have uh, a few spotty, awesome results on the first distance race. And then a team filled with people that felt uh, pretty decent out there, but just didn't go, uh, quote unquote, fast by their uh, own assessment. And I think that's what we saw today. Um, Rosie was awesome. Um, you know, <laughs> to be sixth place and, you know, not, not even close to her peak race form is so exciting. She just looked strong and steady. Um, from start to finish. It was like she just never faded at all. Um, she fell victim to a couple hard-charging skiers near the end, but she was in the contention for uh, podium uh, all day long. So that was that was really exciting. Jessie, happy with her race, uh, finishing in the top 20, I think 17th at the end of the day, <clears throat> which is a great place to start and is fairly typical for Jessie. I mean, you know, we all get a little excited when we see her blazed the qualifier yesterday but you got to remember um seven time zones crossed it's it's going to take a lot it's asking a lot to pull out good distance races uh, reliably here so 
Um, this is right on track for Jesse, even a little bit ahead of schedule, I would say, just based on how he's looking out there. And that I, I know, uh, because I just spoke with her five minutes ago, that she's very happy with today. Yeah. Um, and then caught a few of the other girls. I think they, they said they uh, one of them nailed their layering and felt quite good the whole race was, uh, you know, in, within uh, split distance, we'll say, of the top 30. Um, which is to say, you know, if you if you can lay down a, a great final lap, you could get into the top 30, but um, that didn't happen, and that's absolutely fine today. Uh, I haven't talked with too many of the other women so far, but uh, pretty decent. And the men, uh, Gus was quite happy, quite content with his race, a long ways ahead of where he was last year uh, on this day, and uh, yeah, it's always a bummer to be whatever it was, 1.1 seconds out of uh, that that uh, point, right. top third. But um, I think Gus is rational enough to know that that doesn't actually matter. I think he's uh, just encouraged to know that uh, he's where he should be right now and is excited about tomorrow. Um, and then the rest of the guys, I think a lot of strong feelings, but a lot of comments about, uh, you know, just – going as hard as I could, but just feeling like I couldn't go as hard as I needed to. <laughs> and uh, that's fairly typical at this time of the year. And sometimes also on extremely cold days, but we just need some hard efforts. And uh, it's starting to feel normal, but we're not quite there yet. So yeah. absolutely uh, end with the day and feel like it was success. And to have uh, two top tens, two days in a row from two different people, that's huge. Yeah. Can you give a quick update on Scott Patterson in terms of um, it sounds like he's got a wrist injury or hand injury and when he'll be joining? Yeah. Yeah. So Scott had a, a little bit of a bike crash um, in the summer and uh, it didn't it didn't heal quite like we had hoped it would using a brace. He trained really smart. Um, he was able to train quite a bit. He just didn't use his pole at all. Uh, and then when he was cleared to use the pole, he was feeling more pain than the PTs thought he should be. So we had an MRI again, and it just hadn't healed. Um, so that was a bummer. So we quickly, um, uh, or I should say, Scott quickly organized uh, surgery in Colorado, and that went very well. And, and he, he decided, even though that uh, he was on track to be able to race in Ruka, that the layout of the format here, um, a, a distance race, that starts off the pursuit that's it's kind of double pulling intensive. Like he's just not ready to hit the poles hard yet. Uh, but so we decided to push things back a week. We all supported it. Um, and we look forward to seeing him on Monday in Lillehammer. Great. Um, I'm not sure whether this last question you'll have uh, much to say. I don't know how much crossover there is, but um, have you had any conversations with Canadian coaches or, or any other men's team? <laughs> Yeah, I was hoping you'd ask about that. Um, it was something I, I wanted to talk about. It's uh, you know they're they're sort of our our second family over here a little bit, and it's so exciting to see two men in the top thirty today. Uh, you know, Russell's no stranger to it; he's been there. Uh, but this early in the season, that's great. And then Antoine Sear, <laughs> just a huge race, so so fun to watch and. Uh, to hear the noise coming out of the Canadian truck after the race is super cool. So very happy for our northern neighbors. Awesome. Um, any other thoughts heading into tomorrow? Or 
We have uh, a lot of people that are looking for more. And the great thing about tomorrow is that uh, the, the times in Ruka always have you starting so tight. And so there will be action-packed racing to be had no matter where an athlete is starting in the field. Uh, and it's frankly, it's one of the most exciting races of the season. So we're looking forward to it. Everybody's healthy and uh, ready to go. Awesome. Thank you for your time. You're welcome. Got to rush to uh, a COVID test right now. <laughs>